let's let's start with that. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one that you've also watched as well, but I watched Leave the World Behind. Yes, I also watched Leave the World Behind. Uh, the new Sam Ismail, uh, Julia Roberts, uh, Ethan Hawke drama, for lack of a better yeah. word. Yeah, yeah. Um, Netflix. Netflix, yes. What did you think of this movie? Um... I'm a little confused by this movie um, because there are things about it that I really enjoyed, some stuff that I had never quite mm -hmm. seen rendered like that on screen. And then part of me is like, does this work? Like, does, but in the end, I literally watched it twice basically because I was like, yeah. <laughs> wait. Yeah, wait, wait a minute. Like, did I dislike this or am I just not understanding? I think it's just the fact that I'm not quite understanding what the purpose of this movie is but i like a yeah. lot of it it just seems like it's wildly swinging in all directions in terms of tone i was like i don't really know yeah. what to make of this what did you think <laughs> i i'll mirror a, a similar kind of sentiment in that watching it i was super into it it's mood yeah. and it's like atmosphere is palpable yeah. when you're watching it um and afterwards, as I've sort of digested it and thought it through, my opinion of it has kind of lessened. Yeah. Because it's really well made, mm -hmm. but I think as a whole, it doesn't really fit together. Yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff like that I just don't get what it what, what it was doing. Yeah. Like that I was talking to Jess, Jess watched it with me. I was talking to her right before this about it. And it's one of those things that I feel like so much of this, and this is, we might get into spoiler territory here. So, yeah. so be warned, but yes, yes, so much of this is hinting at something larger. Mm -hmm. There are vibes of like the supernatural in some capacity throughout this whole movie. Yeah. And then, so yeah, I guess spoilers, but then it's like, not. Right. It's just people. And you're like, oh, okay. like that revelation to me undid a lot of the stuff that it was building. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, and there's a lot of, yeah, I think all over the place in terms of tone is a good way to put it. There's a lot of things that's like, you know, this is about liberation or this is about you know um seeing others as equals or this is about you know existing in the world and interacting with other people and it never really lands on one of those themes yes and to me it felt like uh all the leads because mahershala ali is also in this and yes. it feels like they're all in a different film like Ethan Hawke is wildly different tonally than Julia Roberts in yeah. the weirdest way because he he swings from like almost comic relief in moments mm -hmm. to like unbelievably tragic and like towards the end you're like what the hell and then I completely agree with you because when the ending sequence started I was kind of like, what, what is happening? Like, we're just going to leave what's happening and then go yeah. into this mode now. And I was like, 
I, I guess I wanted more, not necessarily answers. I just wanted more. I felt like there wasn't enough there as a full yeah. story. I was like, it just kind of didn't really, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And it got to the point where like Mahershala Ali's character, like was kind of just telling you what was up. Totally. Exposition dumps. Exposition sort of. dumps. But like it, in the like major revelations of the story right is just given like kind of fed to you and you're like well this doesn't align with any of the theories that i had right going in it's just kind of like you know which i think is problematic because you know part of a thriller like this is you want to try and see the different sides and figure out what's going on yeah and there's like a lot of misdirects where you're just like i don't mm -hmm. know what the deer are about you know, it's like a big thing. It was the central ad campaign for Netflix. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I don't know why that's there. Right. So I, I don't know. I, I keep chewing on it. I'll give it that. But like, same. Yeah. I think it'll fade away from my memory after a little while. Um, I don't think there's any Oscar worthy stuff really in here. Um, maybe cinematography, some of the fucking camera work in that. I was Crazy. like, I don't know how they did that yeah yeah i literally have no idea like yeah like my brain went oh this is like a digital camera in a cg space i'm like but it's not but it's not yeah so i yeah. don't know i enjoyed watching it i like yeah. i had a lot of fun in the moment and then as soon as i got some distance to it i was like yeah yeah yeah, I thought I thought it was going to be term. yeah, I thought it was going to be a little deeper than I than it turned out to be and I think that's kind of coloring my criticisms of it now where I'm like I want this to me I was like this is the guy who made Mr. Robot. Like this is like yeah. this is going to be and it doesn't stray very far from the feeling you get when watching Mr. Robot yeah. or like the themes and so it's not bad. It's definitely not bad. It's just it's just kind of exists, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Leave the I will behind. say Jess had the biggest problem with it because she, as an avid friends watcher mm -hmm. thought that the daughter was watching the first scene of the first of the final season. Yeah. Or, or no, sorry. Thought that the daughter was watching the final scene of the series, mm. uh, which is what the thumbnail on HBO is. Yeah. Uh, and so she was like, she's basically done. Why is she freaking out? She's in like the last scene. Like right. why is she right, freaking right, out? Right. Uh, but no, it's just the final season, I suppose. Um, yes. But also I do want to touch. Can we talk about how it's all Max content? Yeah. Yeah. It's like she's watching Friends. Yeah. Um, it was, what was, there was another Max thing there that they were watching. Um, I don't remember. I don't either, but I was like, this is, this is not Netflix. It's not content, Netflix which content. It's a very strange choice. Yeah. Which I also don't know if Netflix funded this or if they purchased it, um, or, or what happened with this, but yeah, the, it's funny cause you'd think they'd make them like redo that maybe. <laughs> yeah. Or like CG, you know, a Anything Netflix else. show on. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I don't know. Leave the world behind. It's there. Definitely check it out. Like it's not bad. It's interesting. It's not bad. I would. I it, it easily gets a three star from me. Totally. Yeah. 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 Um, three and a half maybe. Maybe if I chew on it a little more. It is funny yeah. too because I'm like, it totally is in line with Don't Look Up and Knock at the Cabin and like yeah. there's a lot of these like the world is ending I, and we can't do anything about it. I will say if you put that as a trilogy for me, this one's at the top. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Above far. knock of the cabin and don't look up. Yeah. Like, this one takes the definitely apocalyptic world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I dig it. Love it. Um, I guess I'll, I can go now. Um, yeah. I am embarking, not embarking. I'm continuing on my journey oh. of Kelly Reichert films. Ah, uh, yes. Which is just so rewarding. And I, you know, it's hard because her films are kind of like, they're not heavy, but they do weigh on you emotionally because it takes mm -hmm. you through a lot of different things. And so I watched two of her films this past week. Ooh. The first one being uh, Old Joy, which was on the Criterion channel. It was produced by Todd Haynes. So I'm like, oh, it's all fitting together. Like, let's do this. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a really small, like 80 something minute film about these two guys who are friends of some kind and they go off on a little excursion to go find some hot springs in Oregon. And it really is a classic Kelly Reichert. Now, having only seen three of her films, I'm like, it, it is sure. a classic, like a movie about people. Like, it's just about people going about almost like mundane activities. But you get to see, like, them at their truest. Now, granted, they're characters, yeah. but th the way she constructs films, and I put this in my review on Letterboxd, but I'm like... She has this naturalistic approach that like breaks the mold so much and makes her films feel almost surreal because of how hypernatural they are. And I wonder, and I haven't said this yet, but I loved this movie, but I mm -hmm. um I wonder what her directing like how she directs things because I'm like, does she just like let the camera keep running? Because it seems like yeah. she does that a lot. And that happened a ton in Old Joy. It's a movie about friendship, but also kind of understanding what your relationship really is to someone after yeah. a very long time. And it's incredibly um, intimate and heartfelt and beautiful, and it just does everything you want it to. But it's her form. It's her form factor that I'm like, you're doing something different here. And I, I saw Night Moves, and I know you watched First Cow, which we both mm -hmm. had similar feelings about, where it's like, she just likes to let the audience observe what's going on. Yep. And I fucking love that. I'm like, no filmmakers have the balls to do that ever. It's like, cut, cut, cut. Just let the camera run. Yeah, yeah. and there's there's shots in here that are like, I'm not gonna, it's like not a wonder, but it's like a shot out the window of these two guys driving, and it's just shots of the trees going by. It's like five minutes. And I'm like- Yes. Yes. Yep. Like it couldn't have worked any other way. Like this is perfect. So, um, I loved this movie, Old Joy. It's on the Criterion Channel. You probably can rent it too. So weird and like unorthodox, but also just like nobody makes movies like Kelly Reichardt. And I can't wait to watch the rest of her filmography because, like, holy shit! Like I'm blown away every time I see something from her, <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, my god. Uh, so a, a truly unique and one of one filmmaker. Like I love that shit. So, um, nice. Yeah, old joy, great, great stuff. There you go. Nice. Yeah, I, I mean, I, as you said, I've only seen First Cow, but yeah, uh, it's a weird. I like really want to watch a lot of her stuff, but it, I feel like you have to be in the right mindset for it. Hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> you know, you gotta be like, all right, I'm sitting down for a. Yeah. One of these. No 7 a.m. watches, I don't think, here. No 7 a.m. <laughs> watches. Um, segue, I do want to talk about my 7 a.m. watch this week, yeah. which was The Holdovers. Yes. I haven't seen this. <laughs> Fascinating movie. I mean, so like this was one of the ones that we had, uh, I think, kind of written off in a minute 
for a minute and then everyone was like oh my god this movie as it got closer right um and it is alexander payne uh directing paul giamatti yeah uh this movie is excellent mm. this movie is written beautifully acted beautifully directed beautifully and just like is like for it's a coming of age movie that is you know a man in his 60s coming of age yeah um you know and the parallels that you see between paul giamatti's character paul hunnam and dominic sess's uh is that the one? yeah dominic sess's character angus mm-hmm. uh angus tully like the parallels between them and like the direction of their lives is so beautifully played out in this yeah and it's not like it's like following a parallel or anything like that but like you can see that he that uh paul giamatti sees himself in this younger kid Mm -hmm. you can see that this younger kid sees himself in this older guy and like the parallel and that back and forth is just like lovely i mean it's alexander payne doing character work with you know his actor his guy yeah yeah you know it's like you talk all the time about like you know scorsese and de niro or tarantino and uh you know sam jackson or uma thermo or whatever yeah. um alexander payne and paul giamatti are a match made in heaven um mm. and this movie didn't like go where i thought it would um right divine joy randolph is fantastic in it yeah she has a lot to chew on in this um there are parts i think with her character that seem no i'm not gonna say i was gonna say that seem a little like shoehorned in there Mm. but it's not it's like it's just another like side of the pyramid almost if that makes sense oh yeah totally um Mm -hmm. so this movie i'm so glad i watched this movie i'm so glad i watched this movie before christmas because it's very much a christmas movie you know it's about these guys these three that are stuck in this boarding school yeah um yeah over the christmas break um and i guess that's not fair not that it's like a christmas christmas movie but like it would be weird to watch this in june totally or like just after christmas like it seems like something yeah yeah and i okay so now i'm gonna have to watch it before christmas i I realize now um which is fine i'll say before the new year at least okay okay um yeah but yeah i mean paul giamatti's got to be a player in in the oscar conversation for leading role um you know it's just it's it's such a good such a good performance yeah um yeah yeah so i can't wait to see it i really i'm like i've been it's weird because we went through this kind of like like you said at the top uh you know this movie like who knows it seems kind of generic to oh wait a minute holy shit wait we really need to pay attention to this to everyone i know who's seen it it's like it's amazing and i'm like damn yeah okay (laughs) and it's it's great because it's like you know it it builds itself to a resolution and i won't spoil anything but its resolution is really the only resolution that this movie could have. Yeah. And you can kind of sense where it's going, but it's still, I'm trying to think of what the word that won't spoil anything is, but it's so like appropriate. Mm. It's like, it's the only way it could have ended, but like you feel you experience it when you get there. Yeah. You know, like you could probably call the end of this movie 
Yeah, but it's um, it makes. But sense. when you're there, you're in it, and it you it, it hits the feels. Oh, so. I love it. Shit. Okay, I gotta. I was like, do I have to rent it? I do. I have to rent this. I might even buy it. I'm like, whatever for whatever ten bucks more, I'll own it. I'm sure I won't. Yeah. Hate owning. I own the whale. For I God did sake. have the thought. <laughs> I did have the thought because like the first twenty minutes or so are like phenomenally atmospherically, mm-hmm. and I did have the thought. Is this like a watch every Christmas movie? Is this like a holiday classic? Dude, okay. And I don't think it is. Okay. I've begged off from that. Mm-hmm. You know, I would gladly watch this again, but I don't think it's like a, you know, it's not folded in there with like It's a Wonderful Life or like Elf or Christmas Story or anything. Like, you know, yeah. it's not that, uh, it's not like that. But But it is just a really good movie. Okay. I'm sold. Not like I wasn't going to watch it anyways, but God... <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, I uh, I watched another Kelly Reichardt film. Like I said, <laughs> I watched the film that she just put out, actually, the one that she put out this year called Showing Up, uh, yes. starring Michelle Williams and Hong Chow, and is another just phenomenally well-made, well-told film about a woman who is an artist of some kind. We're not really sure at the beginning. We learn that she is a sculptor and she's tr- she's preparing for her showing, her gallery opening. And what I think is so smart about this movie is, and I realized this at the end, at the very end, and I think that's what you're supposed to realize at the end, is mm-hmm. you have no idea how good she is as an artist throughout the whole film. Mm-hmm. You don't even really know what she does until you start watching her process, which is a lot of these are just people doing things. And this is a people doing things movie about Michelle Williams dealing with life and then just pouring that into her artwork. And I will say the final five minutes of this film are some of my favorite of the year because oh wow, it comes together in such a way that I was like, you did it. Like, you're a fictional character. I don't know you. It's fine. But you fucking did it. Like, you made it to this point. And it's so worth it. Like, if anything, you undersold what this was going to be, which I thought that this, I thought it was so just perfectly crafted in that way. Nice. Um, And yeah, showing up will easily make my top 10 of the year. Like, it's one of those that I'm like- Oh, wow. Yeah, I think going forwards, I'm going to pay such close attention to Kelly Reichardt because I -hmm. just find so much- it, like depth in these films that I think that if someone who wasn't as yeah. astute as like we are at watching movies, they probably would be like, what the fuck is this? Like, it's just people doing things, but it's like the, sure. the, the nuance of the storytelling and the performances. And it's just, it's just masterwork stuff. So I can't wait yeah. to keep watching her stuff. Judd Hirsch is in this as well, playing her father, which didn't he play her father in Fablemans too? <laughs> yeah. Which I was like, that's hilarious. Like, that's just awesome stuff. Um, And he's amazing. But yeah, and Hong Chao, you know, she's never done wrong. She's not been acting for that long. And yet everything I see her in, she's just phenomenal. Crushing it. Yep. (laughs) Um, And Michelle Williams is Michelle Williams. Such a departure from Mitzi from Fablemans. Like, this is, Mm -hmm. I almost was like, is that Michelle Williams? Like, is that really Michelle Williams? Um. But yeah, I loved showing up. I rented it. It was four bucks on Amazon. It totally nice. worth it. Uh, yeah, just just really unique filmmaking. I love it. Nice. I'm gonna have to knock that one out. Yeah. As well. Yeah. There's some stuff in there um, that you're just like, oh man, I feel you. I just understand this so well. <laughs> um. So, 
I'm going to take arguably one of the most drastic turns I think we've ever Mm. done here. Um, But last night at long, long last, I watched John Wick 4. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Oh, geez. Yeah, when we were supposed to be doing the pod. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, Instead, my wife was like, well, I have to wrap Christmas presents. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll go watch watch John John Wick Wick 4. Oh, God. I'm sorry to say I had a hard time with this movie. I felt like you were going to. (laughs) Um, Here's what it is. Yeah. Because I've been thinking about it all day being like the fight scenes, Mm -hmm. particularly I think the first one. Yes. Which the first one is the one in Tokyo. Yes. Yes goes on for so long yes <laughs> which it's like it's a john and i get it's a john wick movie the fights are supposed to be the main event yeah but the first one going on that long made me like go okay this is going on a little long and once i was like okay like a little much here guys I it, it it was like all over. I was like not gonna. You have to be pulled in right away, or like yes, um, because it's not gonna get shorter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it, it's like this is shorter. like the opening salvo. This is like not like you know. All right, yeah. let's this is let's warp you up. Um, I mean the fight see the fight choreography in this is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had this revelation at one point. I don't remember specifically what. Um, and it's colored the whole thing for me, but this is a video game. Oh, 100%. Yeah. This movie is a video game, like to the level where it's like, it reminded me of, um, you remember the old like 2D scrollers? Like, uh, I think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. had one. Yeah. Where it was like, you're just scrolling, walking, walking, and more guys keep coming and you like run mm-hmm. around and fight them. Like, it felt like that. Yeah. If for no other reason, then like the backgrounds felt like plates that just kept looping. Yeah. Like when they're in Berlin and they're fighting the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and everybody in the background is still dancing. I'm like, that's some Street Fighter shit. Yes. You know what I mean? Or when they're at the Arc de Triomphe. Yeah, and nobody's and, even uh, like paying attention to them. And <laughs> all of the traffic just, is just continually looping around. I'm like, yeah. that's a Street Fighter level. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? And that's like what, it, and I'm like, I had fun with it, but I kept being like, okay, like this is a video game. Like I'm playing a video game right now. I'm not watching a movie. And he literally uh, goes level to level. To, to get level to, to level. the finish line, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, and the same, like, I feel like when we got to the the staircase, the staircase fight scene was incredible, but I also was like, this is like kind of just like an N64 game where it's like, you know, yeah. you keep going up and then you get knocked back and then you keep going up. It reminded me of um, Area 51, that console game with the the shooter. Oh, I, I don't, don't know, know how if... much time you spent in like yeah. Dave and Buster's or whatever, but. Um, oh, God. But uh, I may have just epically dated that's myself, okay but um yeah so i mean i think of the four i would say this is the weakest mm, for me yeah, yeah um although i don't remember a lot of parabellum so sure yeah um i think john wick the original still stands as as like the pinnacle totally um, yeah but yeah um john wick four it checked the box it's something it's two it's two hours and 40 minutes long um it is 
It is. It's it's like it. I have like this and Fast X that I still have to like find my way to watching. You, you know? don't need to watch Fast X. I've seen. I do. It's not. Very I do. Good. I hate watched Fast Nine or I F Nine or whatever it I was, know. and I'm like, I'm gonna have to like. I can't not know. Yeah. We're nine move. We're ten movies in. I, I know you can't. Know. But um, yeah, John Wick Four. Um, God bless Keanu. Fucking uh, what's his name there? Um, bah, 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 bah. Which one? Uh, Bill Skarsgård. Um, yeah, with his like, whatever that accent is. <laughs> French ish, um, <laughs> but fits so perfectly. Yeah. Uh, in that, and Donnie Yen, love Donnie Yen, dude. Um, He's like the pinnacle of that. Um, although, like, he's not blind, right? Not in real life, but Boyd is he no. typecast as a blind guy? <laughs> yeah, well, because I was like, I was like, oh man, he's kind of like that guy in Rogue One, and I was like, wait, oh, wait that was also Tony. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, why is this? Yeah, I get okay. He was so convincing as a blind dude in John Wick Four, fighting because like he's missing sometimes, yeah. and you're just like, he's not, he's obviously not looking at anybody, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you watched it. I, it's yeah, it's one of too. those films where I'm like, my dad had the same problem. He's like, "What is this? Like, what the hell?" There's no story. I'm like, "Yeah, but isn't that kind of the? Isn't that kind of great that I don't have to worry about what's happening? It's just like him going from point A to point B, <laughs> like." And absolutely, and that's the thing is like, it does have a similarity to uh, Fast X or the Fast franchise in general, where it's like it knows exactly what it's doing. Oh yeah. Like it's like fights for two, two and a half hours with a little bit of story peppered in, right. you know? Yeah. Um, and that's fine. You know what I mean? I just, it's like, just like fights for two hours or whatnot. Like it could have been tighter. You know what I mean? I know what it is, but it could have been tighter. It could have been tighter. I completely understand, but I, uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. I know, I know. I, I, know. I, I like so all day. I've been sitting here. I'm like, how am I going to tell Josh I didn't like John? No, Wick it's 4? good. This is a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. And the other thing is, like, I saw this in Dolby opening night with a full crowd, and and I watched it on my computer. And, monitor, exactly, and not that yeah. that like it does make a difference, but it's also like it does the energy, like the the opening sequence where he's punching that board. Yeah, in Dolby was just like we all looked at each other and we we're like. Let's fucking Here we go. go. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then that top down sequence, I literally was like, "Is the is this the best movie ever made?" <laughs> it's just Hotline well, Miami, but like, I don't care, man. Well, Dragons I was gonna say, shotgun. we're into we're in, in that top down area. It's like, oh, we're into Grand Theft Auto two. Literally though, yes. Where it's like top down running around, and that goes on for but, like fifteen minutes <laughs> for so long. Yeah. But like, that's the thing is like objectively great filmmaking too. Of you course. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like I just it, like, it's just I a, need lot. a little bit more story. I need a little more story, man. It's just a lot. Yeah. Next one. It's like, don't even pretend about story. Just give me just like whatever you guys choreographed and like <laughs> call it a day. I mean, that's the thing is like, if you almost played into the video gameness of it a little bit yeah, and like, I don't know, give me that kind of like, we know mm -hmm. I'd buy into it yeah you know what i mean but i i don't know yeah i don't know yeah i get it i get it chad stahelski's like you can see tarkovsky in here and i'm like i don't see tarkovsky in here yeah. but i see a lot of uh a lot of video game stuff <laughs> in that like what there's russians in there yeah like, i guess i guess yeah there's tons of uh slapstick stuff in there but um true true but. i mean that's pretty much donnie yen's 
photograph. Yeah, it literally is. It's just, oh, <laughs> God. Yeah. What a picture. <laughs>